Well, well, well. Hello, Physionic Podcast. I still haven't gotten used to the uh, the audio only version. I always hesitate when I do the uh, video version because I, I always want to say welcome to the video podcast or welcome to the Physionic Podcast, but truly it is not. You are the dedicated Physionic Podcast. All right, so today I wanted to uh, discuss. I've uh, man, oh man. You know what? I may have to do something on the spur of the moment. I have notes written in front of me of what I'm going to be discussing, but uh, I may have to fill you in on some added information, which I will happily do. Okay, so today's podcast is to, to discuss how carbohydrates affect our metabolism. And this is a bit of a contentious subject because there there is a group of researchers that believe that carbohydrates have a negligible impact on our metabolism. And then you have another group of researchers, which are the ones that I'm focusing on for this podcast, which believe, and they believe that carbohydrates have a significant effect on our metabolism. And I'll explain to you what that effect is. And the video podcast, I actually made a video podcast before I had started to, to uh, continue or consistently start to release uh, podcast information or audio uh, for you guys, uh, you know, a number of weeks ago. This was several months ago. I had maybe in December, I want to say, if I remember correctly, where I was looking over a study that somebody had recommended that I look into, and that study as background to, to the one that I'm going to be discussing now, uh, showed evidence that people that were fed a higher saw reductions in their metabolism, which was, you know, and, and it wasn't like a 10 calorie reduction or anything like that. It was actually pretty substantial. Uh, I don't remember the exact amounts, but I'll give you a ballpark. I think it's uh, something like, a hundred calorie, I believe that was it. It was a hundred calorie reduction from carbohydrates. And then the lower the carbohydrate consumption and the greater the fat consumption, the, because they clamped the protein. So the protein was the same and ca caloric content was the same as well. That the higher the fat content, the greater or the increase metabolism. So, and the increase was something like 200 calories or something like that. So overall, the delta, the difference between those two would be something like 300 calories a day, which is, I mean, that's pretty, that's, I, I don't even want to undersell it. I don't want to say that's, that's pretty sizable. That's huge. That's, that's a massive difference. Think about if you just change your diet around some and you focus more on one macronutrient and suddenly you have an additional 200, 300 calories to play with uh, that allow you to what might be. That's, that's a big difference. Uh, so that's kind of the conclusion that they came, came up with. And I'm going to have, I'm going to tease this, but I have some pretty interesting videos coming out. Uh, on in a series. So I've, I've released the first one, which is breaking down that study. So if you're actually interested in looking at the data, and then I explain some of the physiology as well in that video, and I think it's only what, like, I think it's like a four minute video. 
uh, and I pack it with as much information as possible. So if you're interested in looking at all that stuff as well as looking at the study, uh, I will I will link that for you so that you can you can check it out. That then led to this offshoot study, which was the one I had planned on discussing today. So this offshoot study, what they did is they took these individuals, the same individuals, uh, which were overweight men and women, and I told you that they'd been partitioned into or s separated into three different groups, a low carbohydrate condition, medium or moderate carbohydrate condition and high carbohydrate condition. So the, the low was 20% of their diet was carbs, moderate was 40% of their diet was carbs, and high was 60% of their diet was carbs. And once they had stratified them into each of their groups, they ended up uh, staying on that diet for, in totality, they were on the diet for 20 weeks. Uh, however, th for this study, they took samples, and what I mean by samples is they took fat biopsies. So they took uh, snippets of fat from these individuals and then ended up that fat. And they did that at the 15-week mark. So the measurements that I'm going to be talking to you about are specifically in the fat tissue of all these individuals in their respective conditions. And they permeabilized the cells, meaning that they opened up all the cells and extracted only the mitochondria. And then from there, they did what's known as a mitochondrial respiration assay. What does that mean? Well, mitochondrial respiration is a, a lot like it sounds, like we breathe because we want to take in oxygen, but we also want to expel CO2. Mitochondria aren't necessarily that interested in expelling CO2, although they do that as well uh, through what's known as the TCA cycle. What we're more interested in is the the uptake. So the uptake of mitochondria, not that they have lungs, but you know, biochemically, the, the oxygen can, can traverse across the mitochondrial membranes and that oxygen is then consumed. It's actually used for something. And it's a big reason why actually we consume oxygen. We take up oxygen because mitochondria need oxygen. So I, I think that's a really cool thing to think that when your, your lungs are expanding, and you're taking up these molecules of oxygen, it's being transported to all these different systems in your body, it's, it's largely for the benefit of uh, the mitochondria to then be, for them within the cell, to, to be able to breathe. Kind of cool. I mean, in, in a way, it's almost like, it's almost like our atmosphere, our stratosphere, our, I don't know what the correct, uh, atmospheric terms are, but the earth is like, our body is like the earth to, to mitochondria, if that makes some sense. Uh, so, you know, we're roaming around and we're breathing in oxygen from, you know, our earth's climate and our earth's uh, uh, atmosphere, and mitochondria are taking up oxygen from our bloodstream, or cells from from our cells, which are taking it from our bloodstream. So anyway, this oxygen is in our mitochondria and then that gets used by a series of different complexes. Complexes meaning complexes of proteins. So different 
uh, configurations of proteins that are stuck together to generate comp you know these these complexes known as ele the electron transport chain within our mitochondria and what does that do what do these five proteins that make up or five main proteins that make up this electron transport chain do well if you've been with physionic for a while you, you probably already know the answer to this uh, but what they do is energy one thing that's that's their main thing that they do they generate energy however the way that they do that is by using oxygen so they use oxygen for for one critical part of that the chain reaction that has to occur so complex one complex two three four will all work together and at the end from complex one working with complex two to three to four on the fourth one, what they do is they donate electrons. You don't really need to know what an electron is, but they donate electrons, which then, and that interacts with oxygen and hydrogen and produces H2O, water. So it generates metabolic water. And so that's the end product. But the, the real interest for us is not the water itself. The real interest for us is the consumption of oxygen because it offers us a proxy for mitochondrial activity and since mitochondria are so closely linked to metabolism it gives us a proxy a sort of like an indication a clue i don't want to say it's a it's a direct proxy but it's a it's a clue to to the metabolic state of our cells so in this situation to to walk us back we've taken these fat cells from these individuals we've broken open the fat cells and they've already been on their diets for 15 weeks so low carb moderate carb high carb and then we've got these mitochondria and we've isolated just the mitochondria and then from there the researchers are doing this mitochondrial respiration assay so now you understand hopefully uh, if i've done it some justice where we have this idea of respiration. They're getting respiration from the oxygen consumption. So then the researchers ended up testing this respiration and testing it across the three different conditions that they took these mitochondria from. Again, low, moderate, and high carb, uh, you know, fed fat cells in, in a manner of speaking. And they tested them in a variety of different ways. They tested them with the addition of uh, glutamate and malate, which is kind of a baseline condition. Uh, they tested them with ATP, which is the prerequisite to the production of ATP, uh, cellular energy. They added succinate uh, to, to bolster their effects that they would potentially see the glutamate malate. It's not that important in terms of what each thing is. What's important is that they're probing from a number of different areas and they're stimulating each one of these complexes each one of these five main complexes that make up the electron transport chain so if they offer these complexes more product or more reactant i should say more substrate to then function then they'll be able to function at a more maximal capacity so then you're able to determine how functional are these mitochondria how active and how much activity can they end up producing so you have a basal state and then you have a measure 
where you try to measure their maximal activity and see if there are differences between the low, moderate, and high carb fed individuals in the mitochondria from their fat cells. And what they ended up finding, if I can pull up the data real quick, so what they ended up finding is the basal condition not different between the, the conditions. So across the three conditions, mitochondria were not different in terms when they were stimulated, when they were barely stimulated, they were just stimulated with the basal needs to produce uh, energy or more specifically to, to undergo mitochondrial respiration. Now, things started to change, however, when they started probing with these other molecules like succinate or adding uh, ADP or adding another drug, drug known. and with the succinate and the ADP addition, what they found is that generally there was an increase in mitochondrial respiration with the low and the moderate carbohydrate conditions, but there was no increase in or no significant increase in mitochondrial respiration with the high carb individuals or the mitochondria that come from the individual's fat cells. And finally, then they measured this they tried to do the maximum to, to push the mitochondria to their limit to see how much uh, respiration would occur and they found that there was the same result that the low and the moderate individuals were able to generate again really find up mitochondria from the fat cells of the individuals that consumed high carbohydrates, like that's a mouthful. So, so the mitochondria from the high carb condition did not see an increase in mitochondrial respiration. However, the other two conditions, low and moderate carbohydrates, did see an increase in mitochondrial respiration. So across multiple measures using the same experiment, they found, they ended up indicating that there was this difference in mitochondrial respiration. So the conclusions or the takeaways that I sort of agree with, that what the researchers point out is that a high carbohydrate diet reduces mitochondrial respiration, which is a proxy for mitochondrial activity and sort of for energy production. And the researchers imply that might lead to greater fat deposition, meaning that you would gain more fat if because you were decreasing uh, the mitochondrial respiration, mitochondrial activity. I don't feel, however, that that is a fair assessment because in truth, you need actual measures of all that. And I have covered content in the past that has compared when calories are equated, that's a big one, when, uh, and that does take some, uh, some finessing, but uh, I have looked at studies that have used low fat, high carbohydrate diets, as well as really low carbohydrate diets, we're talking like ketogenic diets, and they found no differences in fat loss. So how can those two things coexist? How can you have, for example, uh, lowered 
metabolism with a high carb diet and yet you still see the same amount of fat loss well, there's some pretty good answers to that but i will not be giving to you uh in in this episode but if you are interested in actually seeing the data for yourself i'll link uh, the videos where high carbohydrate diets versus uh, extremely low carbohydrate diet and it's across multiple studies that are show that uh, there's no difference in in fat loss so that you can at least get that answer now in terms of the mechanisms I will be as I said I'm going to be releasing a series four more videos coming out in that series as well and maybe if I can uh, maybe at the end I'll uh, I'll end up putting it all together into a podcast episode so that you don't have to, you don't necessarily have to see all the videos and I'll be able to put it all together and explain it to you uh, for, for why the results are the way that they are, why you can have these kind of counterintuitive results and think and still end up consuming a high carb diet and still be perfectly fine, still lose fat, have no issues whatsoever while on the other hand some people might see some added benefits from from a lower carbohydrate uh, diet I, for myself you know i've i've been dieting for uh mm, let's see now about a month and a half something like that and i've had no troubles i never have any troubles uh, even when i'm consuming high amounts of carbohydrates uh, it's it's really just a lot of adaptation and learning and and you know understanding the data then you can come to these conclusions that are like okay well you know this piece of data may counteract may seem counterintuitive to another piece of data or a, a whole body of literature but often you can fit it in as long as you figure out context and that's what i hope to provide uh, in in the near future hopefully after hopefully you get some information about this but uh, just don't, don't, don't run away thinking that high carbohydrate diets are the devil or anything like that. They are certainly not. I, that's my choice of consumption. But you know, maybe some or seldom. Well, the the. Uh, city life is i'm sure you've heard of, even over my uh, my microphone which is supposed to be specialized at reducing noise uh, unfortunately the fire trucks and the police and all that go by it it creates quite the uh, quite the tumult is that the word Rocks. i'll say yes there we go all right i'll stop rambling next time. Bye.